Hello, this is Rabbi Daniel Karopkin. Welcome to this podcast for learning the classic philosophical work by Maimonides, or Rambam, called More Nevuchim, or Guide for the Perplexed. This text has been studied for centuries by great scholars, Jewish and non-Jewish alike. It seeks to reconcile Aristotelian and Neoplatonic philosophy with the Torah of our people, and is considered the perfect entree for reconciling one's spiritual and rational personas. Join me for half-hour installments as we explore the text together. Hi, good, uh, good morning or good afternoon, everyone. We are about to get started in our Moren of Shir for today, which is May the 4th. 2020. Um, we are using the Shlomo Pines edition of Moren Nevuchim, and we are in the middle of the uh, first section of Moren Nevuchim, essay 34. Just give me one second so I can get up our voice memo. Okay, and now we are up and run, running in our audio recorder as well. Uh, we are on page 77 in the Moren Nevuchim, um, which is a continuation of, sorry, scratch that, we are on page 75 um, in the Moren Nevuchim, and using the Shlomo Pines edition from the University of Chicago Press, um, and uh, we are broadcasting live from the webyeshiva.org Facebook page. Um, we're going to be using a handout today if you are not yet signed up in our Facebook group, Shi'ur in Moren All you need to do is just open up another tab in your browser or in whatever device you're using. Go to the Facebook group Shi'ur in Moren and you can download the JPEG file which has the latest handout for today. The, the title for today's Shi'ur is Five Causes That Prevent the Acquisition of Esoteric Knowledge Part 4. We are hopefully going to be finishing the third cause today. Uh, the Rambam was listing in this chapter, this quite lengthy chapter, all of the reasons why so few people are successful in attaining a working knowledge of what he calls the divine sciences, or uh, metaphysics, or a knowledge of Hashem, a working knowledge of God to the best of the whatever a human is capable of understanding about God. Why do so few people have a working understanding of Hashem? And it's something that's uh, that that one in a million, perhaps in in the Jewish world, would be able to attain. And so we're up to in the middle of reason number three, and what we had worked our way up through is reason number one was the di the inherent difficulty of the material. Number two was the insufficiency of many people's minds, uh, because most people are not sophisticated or mature enough at any particular stage of development, and sometimes only towards the end of a person's life does a person have that attain that level of wisdom. And number three, the immenseness of the prerequisite knowledge. There is a tremendous amount of knowledge. People are inherently lazy by nature. And if you tell a person that he's going to have to invest an inordinately large amount of time in getting prerequisite knowledge in order to work his way up to studying about God, most people will refrain from that effort because it's too daunting. And as he explained, 
there are three, uh, four, three areas that a person needs to get up to speed before he can attain a proper working uh, knowledge of Hashem. One is he's got to go through the rules of logic, he's got to study the mathematical sciences, and he's got to study, thirdly, the natural sciences. And only then will he be able to work himself up into understanding the divine science, understanding metaphysics, understanding God in the divine realm. So where we're up to is that, um, is that, uh, is towards the bottom of page 75, um, and after explaining why it's necessary to, uh, to develop a working knowledge of all of the things that are the prerequisites, the Rambam had said, and this is what we left off with last week, and that is that there are people who rely on a misora. There are people who recognize that they will never fully be able to develop a, to build themselves up sufficiently over the course of a lifetime, to be able to reach that level of delving into the metaphysics of God on an intellectual level, and so therefore we have what's called a misora. We have a tradition that was passed down to us from generation to generation, to help us get a working understanding of God, who introduces Himself through the prophets, and that knowledge of God that we have through the prophets is a second place um, working understanding of God in lieu of the fact that people, most people will not be able to get an intellectual understanding of God. And we had pointed out in our shir last week that the Rambam is squarely at odds with Rabbi Huda Halevi in this particular point, and that Rabbi Huda Halevi believes that it is actually the best way to understand God is through a misora that was passed down to us through our prophets. I want to get back to that point shortly, but first I want to get back into the text. So we are um, bottom of page 75, six lines from the bottom, he, and he writes as follows. There is also a necessity of another kind for achieving knowledge of the preliminary studies. Here's another reason why it's so important to develop the prerequisites before you delve into a knowledge of God. It arises from the fact that when a man seeks to obtain knowledge quickly, many doubts occur to him, and he moreover quickly understands objections, I mean to say the destruction of a particular doctrine, this being similar to the demolition of a building. So the, the, the further point that the Rambam presents us with is that in order to develop an ironclad, solid structure of knowledge of God, a person has to build that structure methodically. If a person uh, tries, if a person attempts to come too quickly to an understanding of God, then it's like a hastily built structure, which does not have the proper foundation set, and therefore the entire structure is subject to topple and to be deconstructed. Now the establishment of doctrines is true, and the solution of doubts can only be grounded upon many premises taken from these preliminary studies. One engaged in speculation without preliminary study is therefore comparable to someone who walked on his two feet in order to reach a certain place, and while on his way fell into a deep well without having any device to get out of there before he perishes. It would have been better for him if he had foregone walking and had quietly remained in his own place. So the Ramam gives two analogies. One is to a structure that is too hastily built, which is subject to toppling, and the other one is the fact that a person who goes on a journey without taking the proper precautions, 
of making sure that they are well equipped with the right gear and the right walking shoes and the right precautions to make sure that they don't fall into any pits that are on the road would have been better off never embarking on the journey. You don't go rock climbing without the proper gear. This is a, uh, a very uh, uh, precarious endeavor to delve into divine science. And if a person doesn't go through it methodically, they are, they are in danger, they are in peril of being felled and being toppled. Now the Rambam had written a similar idea back in chapter 32. I draw your attention to page 68 if you have the text in front of you, where the Rambam was talking about um, uh, the very same idea at the bottom of the page. If, on the other hand, you aspire to apprehend things that are beyond your apprehension, and the Rambam here is talking about people who try to go ahead of themselves and try to get advanced knowledge before they develop a cursory knowledge of the simpler things. Or if you hasten to pronounce false assertions, the contradictories of which have not been demonstrated or that are possible, or if you're too hasty to be dismissive because you haven't thought things through carefully, um, you will have joined Elisha Acher. And what the Rambam is essentially suggesting is that the reason why in those the, the, the famous story in Maseches Chagiga of the four great rabbis who entered into the Pardes, which the Rambam understands means uh, philosophical speculation about God, the reason why Elisha ben Abuya became a heretic as a result is because he was not cautious in preparing himself. He went too fast, too hastily, went too far and therefore he became a heretic on, uh, as a result. And this is, uh, so this is what the Rambam, I believe, is making reference to. Uh, we continue the text. In Proverbs, Shlomo describes at length the state of lazy people and their incapacity, all this being a parable for the incapacity to seek knowledge of the sciences. So he gets back to the idea of laziness being the main obstacle uh, for people to um, be able to gain a, a proper knowledge of the divine science of metaphysics. And, um, and it has to do with the fact that people just want to get to the end. Give me the bottom line. I'm not interested in going through that methodical process of developing uh, my knowledge base and my wisdom base in order to properly attain a knowledge about God. And uh, Shlomo talks about such a person in Mishle in the Proverbs. Thus speaking of the desire of someone desirous to achieve his ends, but making no effort to achieve knowledge of the preliminary studies leading up to these ends, does nothing else but desire, he says, the desire of the slothful kills him, for his hands refuse to labor, he covets greedily all the day long, but the righteous gives and spares not. And basically what this Pasuk, according to uh, Shlomo, according to the Rambam, what Shlomo Melech was referring to was referring to a, a person who covets knowledge. Now, there are many different ways to read this Pasuk in Mishle. Um, other Meforshim understand this having to do with a person who is gluttonous and through his desire for physical, um, uh, physical uh, pleasure, in physical indulgence, is consumed with all of these desires all the time like the people who uh, you know are constantly thinking about what what's 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 my next meal going to be comprised of that's the simple understanding of this of this text but the rambam tells us that this text 
in Proverbs chapter 21 is not referring to a person who has physical desires, but a person who has intellectual desires. The problem is, is that his yearning for intellectual growth is greater, far exceeds his actual willingness to work hard in order to attain that wisdom. And therefore he says, Tavat atzil timitenu. It is the desire of the lazy that will kill him. Ki anu yadav la'asot. Because he will, his hands refuse to cooperate with his desire. He will ultimately die out of frustration, not being able to attain what he sought to attain. But not only will he die of frustration, but he'll also die as a result of the fact that his desire to attain knowledge will surpass his ability to work, and therefore he'll go too quickly, he'll, go too, he'll be too hasty in his attainment of knowledge, and he'll be like that person who falls into the pit. Ki kol hayom the next Pasuk says, the entire day he's thinking just about that desire, but v'tzadik yitain velo yachsoch. But the tzadik, and the word tzadik normally means the righteous person, but let's see how the Rambam translates it. The righteous person will keep giving, will keep working, will keep exerting velo yachsoch and will not hold back, will not hold back from that effort. So in these verses, he says that the reason why the desire of the slothful kills him is to be found in the fact that he makes no effort and does not work with a view to that which would allay that desire. He has only an abundance of longing and nothing else, while he aspires to things for whose achievement he lacks the necessary instrument. It would be healthier for him if he renounced that desire. In other words, you're much better off just giving up. Don't have this unrequited uh, um, passion for gaining knowledge if you're not able to work hard in order to attain it. Consider now how the ending of the parable explains its beginning. For in his dictum, but the righteous gives and doesn't let up, the word righteous is not antithetical to lazy, except according to the explanation which we have propounded. So the way that the Rambam is understanding this verse is as follows. What it simply means is that the word sadiq does not mean a righteous person. It, the word sadiq comes from the word sedek. So in Hebrew, we translate the word sadiq to mean a righteous person. But we also translate sedek meaning just. Like eifat sedek vihin sedek. The Torah says you should have proper weights and measures. So the word sedek can also be a reference to doing everything with exactitude and very carefully and methodically following through on the actions that you, the way that you live your life. So that's the way that the Rambam is translating the word tzaddik over here. Not in the sense that he's righteous because he does good acts, but rather because he lives his life with precision and with commitment. And that's what, that's the necessary ingredient in one's uh, personality, which is to persevere in order to be able to attain this knowledge. Now, there are other Meforshim by the way, Rapsajigon uses the Pasuk in the same way in his Emunot Videot in Ma'amar Yud, if a person wanted to make re a cross-reference there. But let me also just point out but that the, the other Meforshim understand the Pasuk referring, having, referring to ethical people. The person of desire keeps wanting more and more and more of the physical world. And the Tzaddik, instead of looking contemptuously upon this person who is a man of weak desire, the tzaddik, when that, when that person knocks on his door and says, I need more and more and more, 
the tzaddik keeps giving to him and giving to him. But that's decidedly not the way the Rambam is using this pasuk. Let's continue. For Shlomo says that the just one among men, meaning the person who lives his life with precision and with justice, is he who gives everything its due. He means thereby that he gives all his time to seeking knowledge and spares no portion of his time for, everyth- for anything else. He says, as it were, but the righteous gives his days to wisdom and is not sparing of them, which corresponds to his saying, give not your strength unto women. In other words, he's making a cross-reference, and he, just, he says just like the word yitain over here means he dedicates himself to this endeavor, in Mishlei chapter 31, King Solomon says, don't dedicate your strength to women. In other words, don't give your strength over to physical pursuits. It's the same verb used in the same context. Okay, now the major- now now we're going to get to the very end of his uh, of the text of this third cause, of the reason why so many people fail at attaining divine knowledge is because they're too lazy to commit to a very uh, disciplined regimen of study that leads up to the knowledge of metaphysics. We're going to conclude with the following. Now the majority of the men of knowledge, I mean those generally known as men of knowledge, and here it's almost like the the Rambam is putting the words men of knowledge with quotes, with quote marks, meaning the so-called men of knowledge, people who wish to be known as extremely studious and learned and scholarly, labor under this disease. I mean that which consists in seeking to achieve the ends and in speaking about them without having engaged in the studies preliminary to them. There are so many people who are scholarly leaders, who represent the religious leaders of our community, who have not committed themselves to this endeavor of working really, really hard and, and working in a methodical um, process to be able to attain a knowledge of Hashem. With some of them, their ignorance or their desire to have what he calls the first place, what he means to have positions of leadership in the community, goes so far as to cause them to disapprove of these preliminary studies, which they are incapable of grasping or are too lazy to seek to understand. Accordingly, they wish to show that these studies are harmful or useless. However, when one reflects, the truth of the matter is clear and manifest. And that's the conclusion of the of the Rambam's text for explaining this principle, this third cause as to why people fail to attain proper knowledge of God. But I want to really unpack what he's just said. The Rambam is taking a swipe he is actually being quite critical of a certain segment of his own colleagues in the rabbinic community. And what he is essentially saying is that there are people that are my colleagues who wish to attain positions of leadership within the rabbinic community and lead the Jewish people religiously. And these are people who either are, do not have the proper intellectual capacity to be able to attain this knowledge or are too lazy to attain this knowledge. And it is therefore their laziness which convinces them of the exact opposite of what I have argued. And they argue that not only is it, is it um, not necessary to go through all of these pre- prerequisite studies of logic, arithmetic, natural science, in order to attain a knowledge of God, but they say that it's actually counterproductive to do so. And I say that these people only say these things because they're lazy. If they were really ready to face the truth, 
they would recognize that the only way that a person can truly know God is if he studies the world around him very, very carefully. He does what's called bichina. He does an examination of the world around him, studies logic, math, science, and only then will he be ready to understand Hashem. Now, this, them's fighting words, as they say. We have to really understand what the Rambam is getting at. Some of the Mephorshans say that the Rambam was specifically taking a swipe against the Ravid, who was actually quite, who was one of the major disputants of the Rambam during his lifetime, and who wrote a gloss on the Rambam's Mishnah Torah and said some very sharp things against the Rambam. Um, and the Ravid took a decidedly different view in the Rambam's very positive view of the, the Greek philosophy and science and so forth. And the Ravid felt as did many people who came after the Rambam, felt that the, the Rambam was too uh, enthralled um, by the study of Greek philosophy and didn't realize that it wasn't all that, it, that the Rambam thought it was. And therefore, there, uh, the Rambam seems to be saying, I know that you don't agree with me, but let me tell you, you're the one who's in the wrong and I am correct. I want to point out, going back to what we, where we had left off last week, that this goes back to the dispute between Rabbi Yehuda Halevi and the Rambam as well. And I just want to point out, like we mentioned last time, the Rambam feels that a true knowledge of God can only be attained through the intellect. If a person is not intellectually engaged in understanding the world around him and understanding God, then he will never truly achieve that full understanding. You can um, receive a tradition through the prophet's communication to us of who God is, but that's not as authentic and real and internalizable as an intellectual attainment of that knowledge of Hashem. And uh, the Rabbi Yehuda Halevi says exactly and precisely the opposite. Now the Rambam comes after Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, but it stands to reason that the Rambam is really polemicizing against people like Rabbi Yehuda Halevi and perhaps Rabbi Yehuda Halevi himself when he speaks so strongly about the need for this uh, understanding of the world and its and nature in order to understand Hashem. If in a number of places in the Kuzari, Rabbi Yehuda Levi talks about the pitfalls of philosophy and that it's not all it's cracked up to be. But I draw your attention specifically to the beginning of essay or Mimer Hey, essay number five, where the Rambam, where the Rabbi Yehuda Levi goes into this in, in quite great detail. In order to understand what he's about to say, which you have in your handout, uh, the fifth ma'amar of the Kuzari is different from the previous four ma'amarim that come before it. The fifth ma'amar of the Kuzari deals primarily with an exposition on Greek philosophy, and specifically a type of Greek philosophy called Kalam, which was an Arabized uh, version of dialectic arguments to prove God's existence. And um, the Rambam's actually himself is, has some criticisms against the Kalamic method because he feels it's a, an, a, it engages too excessively in apologetics to try and reconcile different ideas. But we're not going to get to that until much later. But for our purposes, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi is asked by his students, in other words, in this dialogue between a Khazar king and the rabbi, 
there is a request from the Khazar king, please explain to me what kind of philosophical proofs are used to explain the existence of God and his, and his essence and his nature. And Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, in the voice of the rabbi in the story of the Chaver, is quite reluctant to do so. And he explains his reluctance as follows, and this is at the very beginning of the fifth essay. The Kuzari said, I must now ask you, this is the Khazar king speaking, I must now ask you to take up the burden of teaching me sound and rational, and rational lessons in the fundamentals of faith. I would like to go back to the way we began, using the dialectical arguments of the Mutakalimun, which are the Kalamists, the masters of the wise words. It's a school of philosophers that exist in the milieu in which Rabbi Huda Levi lives. It should be permissible for me to hear these arguments just as it was permissible for you to know them. I can then decide whether to accept them or refute them. My need for dialectics arises from the fact that I lack the ultimate level of having perfect faith without the need for investigation. Okay, so already you're seeing a completely different approach. The person of perfect faith does not need to investigate God and religious fundamentals through his intellect. He accepts because this is what was transmitted to us at Sinai, that I am the Lord your God, I gave you the Torah, these are its commandments, and that is all you need to know. Okay? And so comes along the Khazar king and says, Halavai, I should be at that madrega, I should be at that level. Sadly, I am not at that level, and I therefore need further intellectual proofs in order to foster my sense of emunah, to foster my faith. I formally share doubts, rationales, and ideas with philosophers and people of other creeds and religions. It is therefore appropriate for me to learn so that I may become sharp enough to refute their meaningless, foolish ideas. Receiving a tradition is good only for one who has a good heart, but for one with a bad heart such as myself, investigation is better. Bichina, to investigate intellectually and to come to an understanding of God through one's intellectual prowess. Certainly only good can result if this investigation will lead one to believe in this tradition. In this way, two virtues, knowledge and tradition and misorah, will be acquired simultaneously through this investigation. So basically, please teach me the philosophical proofs of God, and that will only strengthen my belief in the misorah, in what was transmitted to us by the Torah. And it sounds like a pretty good idea, based certainly on what the Rambam has said. If you really want to understand God, it's not sufficient for you to rely on a transmission that was passed down to us from Mount Sinai through the prophets, but rather you have to gain an internal understanding of God using the most important faculty of who you are, which is your intellect, which is your mind. But listen to what Rebbe Yehuda Halevi has to say. And his, art, his response to the Khazar king in the voice of the rabbi is as follows. Whose soul is rugged enough not to be seduced by all the ideas presented to it by the scientists, astrologers, talisman experts, magicians, believers in the eternity of the universe, philosophers, and so on? One who uses dialectics will not acquire faith before he first is exposed to many heretical ideas. And as he quotes from Pirkei Avot, life is short and the work is great. For a few individuals, however, faith comes naturally. 
All the above ideas seem distant to them, and they immediately recognize their error. I hope that you are one of these select individuals who does not require dialectic intellectual arguments in order to prove God's existence. I hope that you can just rely and be a person of faith and rely on our tradition. But since I cannot refuse you, I will not deal with you in the way of the Karaites who attempt to attain divine wisdom without the proper prerequisite knowledge. I will therefore present to you some preliminary concepts that will be beneficial, and then he presents some of the arguments of the Mutakalimun, of the Kalamists, to prove the existence of God and the way that he uh, interacts with our universe. That's the introduction to the fifth essay of the Kuzari. Now look at the very stark contrast between Rebbe Yehuda Halevi's approach and the approach of the Rambam. Rebbe Yehuda Halevi's approach is that you would be much better off if you did not delve intellectually into a study of philosophy to build yourself up to an understanding of God. Because there are too many pitfalls. You're going to be exposed to a lot of heretical ideas on the way, and you will never be able to truly know whether you've attained a full understanding and truthful understanding of God using that methodology, because there are many ways that you might get ensnared along the way. But for the Rambam, that is the prime way, that is the premium way, that you attain an understanding of God. In other words, for the Rambam, receiving a tradition about God without using your intellect to process the information properly and get an, a working intellectual understanding of Hashem is only second best. You, like, like, you know, that famous slogan from the NAACP, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Hashem gave you a mind. He wants you to use it for the most important human endeavor possible which is to connect with God using that faculty that he gave you, using the mind that he gave you which defines your humanity. Falling short of that is a waste of a life, is a waste of an intellect. And therefore, if you don't do that, you will not attain the apex and the, the ultimate objective of your existence. For Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, it is mamish pum fakert, as we say in Yiddish, it is just the opposite. Adaraba, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi says, the objective of connecting with God is through a prophetic tradition. And elsewhere in the Kuzari, Rabbi Yehud HaLevi knocks the intellect even further. He says the intellect is really an inaccurate and faulty faculty within the human, within the human being. Human beings do, uh, 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 do possess a very, very valuable tool. It's called the intellect. But the intellect is also a double-edged sword, and it could lead you down the very, very dangerous wrong paths, and you may delude yourself into thinking that you have the emet, you have the truth when you really do not. And therefore, do not rely on your intellect. A person of true faith recognizes that the intellect only takes you so far. If you want to have a, the truest understanding of God, that can only be attained through prophecy. Because the prophetic experience for Rabbi Yehuda Halevi is not an endeavor of the intellect, but it is rather an endeavor of the soul. It is something where a person is not intellectually aware of God, but is prophetically aware of God. It's a completely different and profound experience of the soul that transcends intellectual knowledge. The Rambam feels that prophecy is the ultimate intellectual endeavor. 
And this is, of course, a very serious dividing line between the Rambam and Rabbi Yehuda Levi, and something which we're going to continue to note as a dichotomy that is drawn between these two schools of thought, Rabbi Yehuda Alevi eventually taking us to the school of the mystics and the Kabbalah, and the Rambam taking us down to the rationalistic school of Jewish thought, which maintains that the intellect is the most that the human being can ever hope to obtain uh, in, his, in his endeavors through life of trying to understand existence and the Almighty and so forth. So we're going to hold it here. We are up to the fourth cause, which we'll talk about next, next week, the lack of proper temperament and virtues. And we're going to see that the Rambam believes that moral character is necessary for a philosopher in order to truly understand God. Not only is moral character important in my interactions with my fellow human beings, but it has a secondary goal, and that is to obtain uh, 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 intellectual perfection. Because if you're not a mensch, if you're not a person of moral virtue, then you won't be able to develop your intellect properly either. And that's something that we'll discuss uh, next time. I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Shalom.